here we are by the chain of the Heilige Bering Sascha. Sadigut Sveli Melech, Kusunyukin Alaini, very holy spot. Mokan Kodosh, which as we've said many times in different places, we find from the Svarim Akadoshim, when a person is a is in a mockum of the scene of a tzaddik, it's almost like he's in there to stroll. So Admas Kodesh, it's a, a holy place. So we'll just spend a few minutes understanding a little bit more, maybe say a Maisa, from the Heilige Bnei Yisoscha. The different Chaim of sons is known to be very makbid, the sperm that he learned at the specific times. The different Chaim of sons was one time looking at the Bnei Soscha, and it was specifically before Tkiya Shaifa. It was on Rosh Hashanah, and it was before Tkiya Shaifa. And there he was, the different Chaim, the Heilige different Chaim, looking into the safe of the Bnei Soscha. And afterwards, they had a Bissel Chutz for the said Rebbe. Why were you looking at the Seif of the Soska? Right by Tkir Shoifa, but before Tkir Shoifa, that's the Zman. People are busy with the Zoya, with Kavonas. What's the Bnei Soska? Father, we knew it was a Gavaldika Seifa, but why now? The Vichayim said, HaKodesh. I read from Sfarim that were written by Ruach HaKodesh. So we have our scum of the Heidegger de Vichayim that the Bnei Soska was written. He understood. He lived with Ruach HaKodesh. There was a Yid in Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. Had gone through some troubled times, difficult situations, very, very difficult upbringing. And he had left Yiddishkeit, wasn't interested in really having shaykhs to Yiddishkeit. He went to a Yeshiva in Yerushalayim for boys in that specific situation. And they took the boys to Poland. Poland, okay, we'll go to Poland. Go to some kvarim, go to some camps. That's what you do. We'll do it also. They came to this very place. And they were standing where we're standing right now. This boy, together with his whole yeshiva. I heard this from the Rosh Yeshiva that was there at the time. And as they're standing by the cave, by right here, by the Bnei Yisachar, one of the Rebbeim says to the boy, what's your name again? She told him his name. And his name ended Shapira. He said, maybe you're related. He made a few phone calls on the spot. He made some phone calls into America. He called a few people. And he found that he was a Ben Achaben from the Bnei Yisrael. He had no idea. We're talking long hair. We're talking, you know, earrings all over the place. Unbelievable. And he was standing in this Mokhaim. And it was in this exact Mokhaim that he was Mekabal, Torah, or Mitzvahs. He was taking off his hair. He was taking off all of his earrings. He was being Shemesh Shabbos. He was changing his entire life around because of the place that he was. Yes, he was an Einigal, he was a Ben Achaben. But this Rabbi Sai is a place where people have changed around, where people have turned themselves around. It's a place that every single one of us, we all know ourselves. The Gemara says, We know where we're holding. We know what we do. We know what we don't do. We know what we should be doing. This is the place that many people have done this. And it's our opportunity. And they're here. To close our eyes and to think about our lives. And to think about where we could be, where we should be, and what we should be doing. As many other Yidden have done in this place. We'll end with one Mordecai Maisa. Every night, we'll be Isaac in the Avoida of Tikkun Chatzais. 
Tikkun Chatzois, he would sit for hours, crying and crying and crying over the Horban Beis Amigdosh in a shul, very close to where he was standing right now here in Dinav. And it was dark, there was no one around. And the Heiliger Ben would sit on a small, low stool and he would cry and he would cry and the tears wouldn't stop until it was time to start davening Shachwis. And he never missed it. And he used to say, the Bnei Sosra used to say, that when the Shechina is lying trampled in the dust, how can a person have the audacity to be comfortably resting and sleeping in bed at that time? Never did the Bnei Sosra miss this Indian of Tikkun Chatzois. But there was one night. And one night, the Hasidim are standing and sitting around their Rebbe, the Bnei Sosra. He's talking Torah. He's been Chazik the Olam. And it was getting later and later. And the Hasidim were noticing that the clock was getting closer and closer towards 12 o'clock. It was getting towards Chatzois. Any minute now, the Bnei Sosra, the Rebbe is going to stand up and say, I'm sorry, Rabbi Sai, I need to go to my private room. I need to go and go and talk to the Rabbi Nishalem and be upset and be sad and but sour over not having a base on Mikdash. They were just waiting for him to get up and he did not get up. And he kept on talking and giving Torah and Bima Chazik Da'ilam. Hasidim were confused. They were looking at each other. What's going to be? Do you think can it be that the Rebbe missed Tikkun Chatzois? Is the Rebbe so involved in the Sugya that he doesn't know that it's right now, right before Chatzois, the clock is about to turn 12. And the Bnei Yisrael is still sitting here. It doesn't make any sense. All eyes were turned towards the Rebbe, the Bnei Yisrael. And suddenly, the clock hits 12. It's Chatzois. And the Rebbe is still sitting. The Hasidim couldn't believe it. How can it be that the Rebbe is still sitting here at that time? And as the clock strikes 12, the Bnei Soscha, who everyone is looking, wondering what's going on, why is today different than every other day, ignores the chimes that he hears so clearly of the clock striking 12. And he starts to say, Rabbi I want to tell the Olam Maisa. And the Rebbe starts to speak. And the Rebbe says, that there was a wealthy man, a tremendously wealthy man. He starts to describe vividly in all colors and descriptions of his household, his servants, his money, all of the culture, everything that he had, such a wealthy, wealthy man. But came one day, as we know, the wheel of fortune turns around and the day came when he made a bad business deal. And once he made this bad business deal, one thing led to another thing. And then all of a sudden, he was all over the place. He lost all of his money. He ended up selling all of his possessions, moving out of his home. He had lost everything. In the beginning, it was okay. People felt bad for him. They had Rahmanus on him. So they used to give him food. They used to give him money. They helped him out. But after a few years, everybody forgot about his previous status of being wealthy. And he was all alone, all by himself. And he goes traveling around from city to city, from town to town, with whatever he can, a meal here, a Shabbos over here, whatever he can have. It was one Friday night and he's sitting in the shul and he's sitting in the base medrash hoping he's going to get a meal and he sees one by one after davening everybody's leaving everybody's leaving and he's left without a meal he has in his pockets some crusts some bread he makes kiddush and his Shabbos suda is over in about a half a minute to a minute and he cries up to the Rabbi Nishalaylam and he says Rabbi Nishalaylam I see that your situation is no better than mine. We also had a Beis Amikdosh. We also had the Shechina. But we're missing it. 
we're poor, we're nothing, we're alone, we don't have the Shechina. And then the Hasidim understood that the Bnei Yisrael didn't miss Tikkun Chatzois. He was just bringing everyone together with him into his Tikkun Chatzois. My voice and I were in such a heiliger place, such a special place. We're in a place of a tzaddik that was able to write Baruch HaKodesh. This is our opportunity. We're all familiar with people that need Yeshua's, whether it's in Parnosa, whether it's in health, whether it's in Shalom Bayes, whether it's with the children, whether it's with Shidduchim, whatever it may be, we know people. We know the matzah that Klali souls in. We know the situation. There are soldiers going out there day in and day out, risking their lives. We know what's going on with the people of Israel and around the world. This is our opportunity to bespal on not only for ourselves, for our futures, for our mishpachas, but for all of Klal Yisrael. And remember, the Heilige Gebene Yisrael was so makushah, was so connected to Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the Oyrus of Hanukkah. The Oyrus of Hanukkah is still with us in this place. This is a place where you can feel the Hanukkah. And Hanukkah, of course, is as we've spoken so many times, is about the light within the darkness when it's so dark and it's so cold and it's so depressing and it's so sad and life has so many challenges. And it's so difficult to be able to continue within that darkness. But we have that Hanukkah light. We have the beautiful light of the Hanukkah Nevis. That's Hanukkah. That's the Bnei Soscha. It was Megala, the light of Hanukkah in our generation. And therefore the light of Hanukkah is over here. It's light over here. There could be darkness going on around the world and there's tremendous darkness. But our job over here is to ignite that light and to be able to keep it inside it. How many people change their lives in this very place? Every single one of us should be Zoycha Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarak to be Mispalel for ourselves and for all the Kalalisol to have a Yeshua, and we should be Zaycha all together to dance together with the Bnei Sasha and all of the other Tzadikim together with the Binyan Bayeshlishi Bimheir of Yamenu Amen. Amen.